Praise the Lord. Can we all stand to our feet and thank the Lord? Let us thank God for the privilege what we have. It is really it's a blessing. And it is God provided. So we have to thank Him. God's presence is here. Our God is great than anything else. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the wonderful time that you've given to us to be at your feet. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful uh, the comforting as well as the awareness message shared by a pastor. It is a privilege to have him in this fellowship and also is a blessing for many more. Lord, we thank you. Continue to bless him and use him in the days to come. Lord, help us. Lord, whatever we heard, continue to follow so that we will be protected by you and also we will encourage others to, O Father. As we are waiting upon you, Lord, you to speak to us, open our spiritual eyes and mind to hear your word, what you stored for us. Let your anointing be upon each and every one of us. Give us attentive ears to hear your word and help us to be a blessing. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Once again, greetings to you all in the Monday. Wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And always I used to sense and uh, say from here, the message what God gives is something greater, something necessary for our timely need. As I was uh, hearing, we all of us know, what we see, what we hear, or what we heard, even now, in these days around us, are all about the coronaviruses. This message will take in or consider as a message of awareness, or the message of precautions or warnings. If you put it in a biblical or a spiritual way, all are discouraging or life-threatening or scaring everyone. It is also confirms as we are in the end times. Or this is, these are the days of fulfillment of God's promises, what was said. As rightly what we have heard, it is not a new thing. It was from ancient days. So the sign of last days, it and also, it reminds us of the Lord's coming. That's what I understood it. Luke 21.11 or Matthew 24.7, it says, In the last days when they asked for a sign, Jesus said, And a great earthquake shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences. That's what here. And fearful signs and great signs shall there be from heaven. When I thought of this, so what is the message? So all of us, as we heard what we are doing, 
and uh, whatever we hear, we are cautioned and we are trying to convey that message to all our uh, contacts, closely to our friends, our relatives, just to want them to take a precaution to eat this, don't eat this. So in that case, do's and don'ts of coronavirus message was conveyed as much as possible. So just imagine this week, from last week, Saturday to this Friday, how many messages you have forwarded to your friends? Is there anyone who has not forwarded any message? Oh, that's good. I accept that I too forwarded the messages. And uh, it is something like is aware, not aware, the um, awareness. We are not fully aware of. Sometimes what we know is thought that it is a better that we conveyed it. When I think of that, what is exactly the all these things are one one reason is caring. We are very much frightened, and we want to, to caution. And these are all, when you put it the other side of it, this is all for the physical life. We are scared about our death. This message is coming only in this present world, present days, to us. We do not know in the, before 10, 100 years, how was it? But, the reminder to me is, these are all what do you say? None of the things are good news. But we heard the good news. We have good news. What is that good news? What is that good news? The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ came to this world before 2000 years ago. Every one of us we heard, we have the gospel message how much more we spread that? How much precautions, how much initiative personally we are taken to convey this message for the, for the people, those who are perishing in this world. We are very, now the present world, the present days, we are very much concerned about your physical life, which is for nothing. This is only for time. How long we are going to live? But, God has promised us your eternal life. To eternal life. Life to be with Him forever. That message is not conveyed enough. That is why still the world is not evangelized even after 2000 years ago. We are failing that. Very much, we are very much concerned about the present life, the physical life, but not how much, even as a believer, even though we are born again, we are spiritual, we are prepared for our believing and hoping for the future and having the assurance of the eternal life, how many of us and how far we are cautioned or we are preparing and for that day. So the scripture what give, God has given to me is Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. 
Romans chapter 1 verses 16 to 17. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Tell your neighbor, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is, why? Why is not ashamed? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For it in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We will live by faith? But you are not saying amen to that. The just shall live by faith. Yes. So we, before we look into, because the time is very short, I have to run it away, but just I will give the quotes, so you have to manage it. Before we look at these verses in detail, we need to see the flow of Paul's reasoning about it. Even he started from verse 17, what he says in 17, sorry, 15, so as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. What he says, not only is not ashamed, he was urged to preach the gospel. So the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And to proclaim the gospel bodily, we must believe it. But to believe it, we must understand it. The gospel is all about salvation. So I want to explore five statements here about salvation stemming from the text of this. And also 1 Timothy chapter 2, 3 to 4, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God for our Savior. Verse 4, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. God, salvation is for everyone. That is God's will. God's will. God wants everyone to be saved. Am I right? God wants everyone to be saved. The salvation message has to be preached around the world. Even though it is it, the salvation is the must for everyone, not everyone chooses. That's why the world is not saved. So in the first place in this scripture, I wanted to say salvation is a basic need for every person. Paul shows that in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and thus fall under God's righteousness, condemnation, whether the righteous Jew or a worldly Greek, all are alienated from God, who absolutely righteous. Thus, all are under God's wrath. 
what we are hearing is we can predict that it is a part of God's wrath. Why people die this much? Why people are very much panicked this much? It is a sign. It is a fulfillment of God's word. What was mentioned in Matthew and Mark and Luke. In the end time signs. That is the pestilence. And people are very much caring. The whole world is trying what to do. How to prevent. But as rightly we heard there is no other solution. Other than just preventing and believing in God. So salvation refers to being rescued from God's wrath and judgment that we deserve because of our sin. It means being delivered from the penalty of sin, which happens the moment we believe, being delivered from the power of sin as we grow in godliness and being delivered from the very presence of sin when we stand blameless in his presence for his glory. So the salvation is the must. Everyone should have it. And the provision is there from our God through his son. So the gospel is the only good news to the person who realizes that he needs to be saved or he will be eternally perish. Thus, that's why the Bible says Philippians chapter 2, verse 12b says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Secondly, salvation needs a very power of God. That's what the scripture says. What the Paul says here, it is the power of God to salvation. It is the power of God for salvation. This means that salvation is not something that sinners can attain by their own effort or good works. If that were so, Christ did not need to die on the cross. If it is by your own or good works, you can be saved. No, no way. Jesus has died to save us. Here, what we know even from Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, what it says, By the grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of good work, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So not by our good work we can be saved. It is only by faith and with the power of God. Even Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So it is crucial to see the salvation does not depend on a human decision, but the very power of God. When the rich ruler walked away from eternal life, Jesus commanded to the disciples, 
that we read in Matthew 19, 23, 25, 26. Matthew 19, 23, 25, and 26. Truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were very astonished and said, Then who can be saved? Jesus said, replied to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Can you tell your neighbor? With man it is impossible. But with God all things are possible. In other words, salvation is from the Lord. As Jonah 2.9 says, it requires a very power of God. So, that's it. So, the, only the power and the grace of God can give us the salvation. So that is very much necessary. Thirdly, salvation demands that the righteousness of God. Verse 17, Paul explains why the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes it. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed to us by God through his Son. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 13, 15, Galatians chapter 1 verse 15, Paul writes, explains of his own conversion by saying, But when God who had set me apart from the mother's womb and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me. So, the gospel comes to us by revelation from God that centers in his son. The gospel displays God's love for sinners. Romans 5.8 says, But the love of God is not for stumbling blocks or foolishness to sinners. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1.23, Because we all know that we have sinned. If God is righteous and we are not, then we need a savior. So that important it is because of his God's righteousness. So, the sinners are not justified by their own righteousness, by keeping the law, Galatians 3.11, but rather by God imputing the righteousness of Christ to them by faith. Paul states this plainly in Philippians chapter 3, where he contrasts. His former attempts to be righteous by keeping the law with his present experience with Christ. Where he says, Philippians 3.9 So dear children of God, salvation upholds God's righteousness by applying it to the sinner who believes. And that leads to us to the next point what I am going to say. Salvation is by faith. Maybe you might be wondering as I was saying, yes, it is true that the power of God and also his righteousness, what is our portion? Yes, our portion is there, it is by faith. Paul mentions believing or faith four times in the two scriptures, 15 and 16, 16 and 17. 
to everyone who believes from faith to faith and the righteous man shall live by faith if salvation come through faith plus good works as in roman catholic or other churches believe in so there is no point in the but god declares guilty of sinners to be righteous or justified instant they believe that is the good news it is by faith alone we need to be clear on several things here first thing saving faith in christ is not general belief that he has he is the savior it is not just believing him he is the savior but it is much more than that why even the demons believe that but they are not saved because demons said that we know jesus but rather saving faith is something different first the mind in our mind we should understand the content of the gospel who jesus is what is his death on the cross means to us and that he was raised from the dead that's why we say jesus christ we believe that first of all we should be conscious and convinced of our we are sinners accept that as a failure and we are born sinners we need a savior the death of the, the 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 penalty for our sinful nature is the death it is not the physical death it is the eternal death we need a savior jesus christ is the only savior he is the one who carried all our sins he died he buried he rose and he is living and he is coming that should be the faith so knowing jesus christ is is not by name that's why we say it is not by name by name everyone knows even in the world if you look at it everyone knows about who is jesus christ except some of the remote places but even the educated people what i am saying is they know but they do not have christ in their life they do not know personally in their life that means they don't come forward to know or to have that knowledge and also the experience in them for that i mean there is a saving faith to be saved so here secondly we must be in our heart we should respond to the truth when we know the truth we should respond to the truth and thirdly the faith includes the commitment to christ where we trust him and his death on the cross our only hope is our eternal life no matthew 24:13 but he who endures to the end shall be saved so here salvation is not for ever once saved is not ever saved that's why this scripture says the one who endures to the end shall be saved so that is the saving faith or the faith which is the beginning till the end so the eternal faith finally salvation is individual and personal not a corporate or a national paul says in this gospel the power of god for salvation is to everyone who believes 
here in the scripture, the Jew first and also the Greek. He could have said the Jews, plural, first and also the Greeks in plural. But it, check your Bible. Is that true? Is it there? Verse 15, sorry, 16. For the Jew, no, yes, not plural, and first, and the Greek. It is singular. So salvation is an individual and a personal matter. Being a member of Jewish race will not get you saved. Even though you are the Jews were God-chosen people. Being a member of a, uh, they are not saved. Being a member of a Christian family will not get you saved. You must personally believe Christ and accept Him as your Lord and your Savior. It was through the Jews, the Bible says, that the Savior came. Thus, as Jesus said, salvation is from Jews. John 4.22 But here, Paul's emphasis is on the universal offer of the gospel. It is for everyone who will believe. It is for the... It is for the religious Jew who will believe and it is for the it is not for the pagan Greek who will believe none need to be excluded the good news is for you whatever your background it is for the people those who do not know or have Christ in our life as a summary even though he speaks about the history of the Bible, about the Greeks and Jews, don't be confused. If you do not know or accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, the message is for you. If you are not, if you are much worried about the present and the physical life, you are much more than that to know and be aware of your spiritual life or your spiritual, the eternity. Because as a because the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes it. We must believe it. Because the gospel is the power of God's salvation to everyone who believes, we must proclaim it boldly as the Paul says. Started with, I am not ashamed of preaching the gospel of Christ. As a conclusion, Romans 12.11 says, and do this, knowing the time. And now is the high time to awake out of sleep. And now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The salvation is very much nearer. When we are reminded about this uh, recent uh, coronavirus, it reminds us that our salvation is nearer. Second Corinthians 6, chapter 2b says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, 
now is the day of salvation not tomorrow now is the day of salvation what it means for this season is the day of salvation can can't you say amen to that salvation means what when you are keeping silent i am wondering whether you understood my language or not what the scripture wants us today when you are very much worried and very much pay attention to the about the corona virus you are not paying that much attention about your salvation your salvation is much valid that will determine about your future future in the sense for your eternal life so they, this days reminds us the day of salvation those who not accepted time to accept those who are a believer your time to work out your salvation till the end hebrew 23 says how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation tell that tell your neighbor so great salvation the bible says that if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the lord and was confirmed by us those who have heard him so here there are much thing to be shared what is the opposition and so you accepted christ and what is your security and what is your significant just i will read it to you in 2 minutes when you are accepted jesus christ you are what are you number 1 i am not a sinner i am a saint ephesians 1:1 i am not my own i am a member of the christ family christ body if you believe it say amen i am not condemned i have been justified romans 5:1 i am not an orphan i have been adopted as a god child i am not ignored i have direct access to god through holy spirit i am not a stranger i am a christ friend john 15:15 i am not alone i am united with the lord and i am one in spirit with him 1 Corinthians 6:17 I am secured we are looking for security what is the security the scripture gives us once you accept the Jesus Christ when you are born again what are the security number 1 i am not under the judgment i am free forever from condemnation roman 8:12 says i am not in bondage i am free from any condemning charges against me i am not on trial I cannot be separated from the love of God. Romans 8:35 I am not unstable I have been established anointed and sealed by God. I am not weak I have not been given a spirit of fear but of power love and sound mind. I am not lost I can find grace and mercy in time of need. I am not abandoned but I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. Amen. I am a significant in what way? I am not dull and ordinary. I am the salt and the light of the earth. Amen. I have not been passed over but I have been chosen and appointed to born. 
I am not a lost soul. I am a personal witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not homeless. I am seated with the Christ in heavenly realm. I am not a mess. I am a God's workmanship. I am not weak. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Put our hands together for our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. Just take a moment to meditate on the message which we have just heard now. Where do you stand? Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Or are you still on the other side? In Christ is security. In Christ is our hope. In Christ is our future. In Christ is life. In Christ we have everything. And in Christ we are everything. Can you say that with confidence? Or are you saying that just because it's being said? Do you believe what you are saying? Just take a moment to thank God for who you are in Him. Just take a moment to say thank you God because He stretched out His hands and held you when you were sinking in that miry clay. You are not sunk but you are raised. Let's at least take just 20 seconds to say thank you God that I am now on a sure foundation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is now time to partake of the Lord's table. And so would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We will read a couple of verses as the ushers get ready. 1 Corinthians 11 starting at verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup 
of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. The Lord's table is for all those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Lord and Savior, and has also obeyed the Lord in taking water baptism by immersion. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, we stand in grateful remembrance of the precious death, the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks for the perfect redemption gifted to us through his work on the cross. And we ask you, Father, to sanctify these, thine own gifts of bread and wine, that the bread which we break may be a communion of the body of Christ, and the cup which we bless, the communion of the blood of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, to those of you who are going to come forward, as the ushers guide you, please come forward and partake of the body and blood of the Lord. And as you return to your seats, please remain in an attitude of gratitude. Come to the table of mercy, prepared with the wine and the bread. All who are hungry and thirsty, come and your souls will be fed. Come at After giving thanks, you broke it and said, This is my body, broken for you. And as you eat it, remember me. This is my body, broken for you. And as you The night you were betrayed, you held the cup. After giving thanks, you lifted it up. This is my blood, poured out for you. 
So we thank you for the wine and for the bread. For we see the life you gave and the blood you shed. And as we remember your wondrous love, you gave your body, you shed your blood. And we
rise up as we bring the service to end. Father Lord, we say thank you. We have taken of your body and we are taking of your blood. Father Lord, we have pleaded for your mercy in our lives. Lord, the power that we have taken of this Holy Communion. Father Lord, we ask that you will abide with us. It will go with us. It will strengthen us in our walk with you. Father Lord, it will make a way where there seems not to be any way. Lord, it will re-energize us. It will revitalize us. Father Lord, as we have taken this Holy Communion, Lord, we ask that you will speak to us this week. You reveal yourself in a special way with us, Father Lord. Lord, the blood will protect us. It will keep us in good health. It will keep us in good health, Father Lord. It will speak on our behalf in front of our Father in heaven. Lord, we say thank you. Lord, we pray for all the members of this congregation. As they go into this week, we pray for a successful week. We pray for a week like none other. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you will go ahead of us in this week. That we will see your hand working our lives, working our families. Lord, those that are having health challenges, Lord, we pray that this week they shall disappear in the mighty name of Jesus. Those that are bedridden, Father Lord, we ask that they will stand up mightily. Those that have anything ahead of them, challenges ahead of them, Father Lord. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that this week it shall be settled. It shall be well. We pray for those that are traveling. We pray for journey mercies. Those that are coming back, we pray for journey mercies. We shall only hear of a good report. Thank you, Father Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's share the grace and fellowship. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the spirit fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our day, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Have a blessed week.